Wisdom, the final frontier to true knowledge. Welcome to Wisdom Trek, where our mission is to create a legacy of wisdom, to seek out discernment and insights, to boldly grow where few have chosen to grow before. Hello, my friend. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your captain on our journey to increase wisdom and create a living legacy. Thank you for joining us today as we explore wisdom on our second millennium of podcast. This is day 1061 of our trek, and it is Wisdom Wednesday. Creating a biblical worldview is important in order to have a proper perspective of today's current events. To establish a biblical worldview, it is required that we have a proper understanding of God's Word. Especially in our Western cultures, we do not fully understand the scriptures from the mindset and the culture of the authors. In order to help us all have a better understanding of some of the more obscure passages of God's Word, we are investing Wisdom Wednesdays reviewing a series of essays from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. He has compiled these essays into a book titled, I Dare You Not to Bore Me with the Bible. While much of the Bible is written from a patriarchal perspective, women certainly play an integral part in God's redemption story. I don't think it is by coincidence that when scripture speaks of wisdom, it is referred to in the feminine gender. In today's essay, we will explore passages that cover God's right-hand woman. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2 tells us, And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything through his Son as an inheritance, and through the Son he created the universe. This is also emphasized in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, and 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6. Jesus' role as co-creator with God is a familiar doctrine. But in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, there is something that is a bit odd. The Son radiated God's own glory and expressed the very character of God, and He sustains everything by His mighty power of His command. When He had cleansed us from our sins, He sat down at the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. What's strange about this passage isn't its meaning. We get the metaphor. Jesus radiates the glory of God. He is a brilliant reflection of what God is like. What is odd is where the idea comes from, and how startling it would have been for the Jewish Christians for whom the book of Hebrew was intended. The word radiates, or apagamos, occurs only here in the New Testament. To figure out what the writer of the Hebrews meant, we have to look at his source. The writer is quoting from the Septuagint, which is a Greek translation of the Old Testament. But the Septuagint included books many of the Jews and Christians of today do not consider to be part of biblical canon, but which some in ancient times considered very sacred. The phrase in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, comes from one of these books titled The Wisdom of Solomon, which is different from the book of Proverbs that we have in our Old Testament. How can we be sure? because the word apagamus is found only one time in the Septuagint. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 7, verse 26. Sure, the scarcity of the word is curious, but where is the surprise? Not only is the word extremely uncommon, but the source of Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2 quotation has a woman as God's personified reflection. As Dr. Heiser puts it, welcome to the biblical twilight zone. The Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 7, verse 24 through 26 from the Septuagint is where this word was taken from. Let me read it to you. For wisdom is more reliable than any motion. Because of her pureness, she pervades and penetrates all things. 
for she is a breath of the power of God and a pure emanation of the glory of the Almighty. Therefore, nothing defiled gains entrance into her. For she is a reflection, or the Greek word apagamos, of the eternal light, a spotless mirror of the working of God, an image of his goodness. The Jewish writer of the Book of Solomon got the idea of the personified wisdom as a woman from the Book of Proverbs. While the term most often refers to practical, insightful living according to God's law, the writer of Proverbs at times portrays wisdom as a woman as a feminine personal pronoun, she. To see this, read Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33, chapter 3, verses 13 through 16, chapter 4, verse 6, chapter 7, verse 4, chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 1 describes wisdom speaking to God's people. Listen as wisdom calls out. Hear as understanding raises her voice. But what is especially remarkable about wisdom in Proverbs chapter 8, verses 22 through 30 is that she is described as God's co-creator. The wording here echoes Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19, where we read, By wisdom the Lord founded the earth, by understanding he created the heavens. It is also similar to Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 12. Wisdom, personified as a woman, is cast as God's agent of creation in the Old Testament. How is this consistent with the New Testament teachings about Jesus? We need a little more backdrop to answer this question. About 250 years before Jesus, Jewish theologians equated the Torah with wisdom, mainly because Torah was also a grammatically feminine word in Hebrew, and the Torah made one wise. This meant that to many Jews, the Torah, or wisdom, was divine. Again taken from the Septuagint, I want to read two additional passages from the Septuagint. The first one is from the book of Sirach, chapter 24, verses 1 through 3, and verse 22. Wisdom praises herself and tells of her glory in the midst of her people. In the assembly of the Most High, she opens her mouth, and in the presence of his hosts, she tells of her glory. I came forth from the mouth of the Most High, and I covered the earth like a mist. All this is the book of the covenant of the Most High, the law that Moses commanded us. And in the book of the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 9, verses 1, 4, 10, and 18. God of my ancestors and the Lord of mercy, gave me the wisdom that sits on your throne. Send her forth from the holy heavens, and from the throne of her glory send her, that I may learn of what is pleasing to you. And people were taught what pleases you, and were saved by wisdom. For these writers, the word spoken by God at the creation in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 was wisdom. The word of the Torah, Proverbs chapter 8 verse 22, casts the spoken wisdom as a living divine entity, whose instruction would later be written down by Moses. Wisdom, or Torah, was God's agent of creation and even the savior of Jewish theology. The New Testament writers had another view. Paul's description of Jesus as the wisdom of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 24 and 30, and God's agent of creation was a theological jolt to the Jewish ears. It places Paul's struggle to articulate the gospel, apart from the law or Torah, in an entirely new light, Romans chapter 3, verse 21. Defining wisdom as Jesus was another way for Paul to say that Jesus was indeed the word of creation, the agent of God's right hand, and John also expresses thought in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. That also meant that Jesus was wisdom, or Torah, the means of salvation. In fact, Jesus asserts that he was the fulfillment of wisdom, or the Torah, 
Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. It was Jesus who radiated God's character to humankind as the bearer of salvation. Along with Paul and John, the author of Hebrews articulated this startling view by, by calling Jesus, the Son radiates God's own glory. And as we conclude today, I want to bring out a little quick tidbit. Proverbs chapter 8 and the identification of Jesus with wisdom was a controversial issue in the early church. In the debates of the Council of Nicaea, those who believed that Jesus was God's first creation sought affirmation from Proverbs chapter 8 verse 22, where the Lord brought forth wisdom. The phrase, for me in the beginning, is a Jewish verb, gana, that can be used for creation as we see in Psalms chapter 139 verse 13, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. And in Genesis chapter 14, verses 19 and 22, creator of heaven and earth. Some translations have possessor instead of creator, which is a possible translation. The interpretation of this verb was a factor in the distinction between begotten, not made language of the Nicene Creed. Since wisdom is the personification of an attribute of God, the key questions are, was there ever a time where God did not have wisdom? If so, how then can God be God? It would be unthinkable to the biblical writer for the God of Israel to lack wisdom at some point. Wisdom is eternal since God, with his attributes, is eternal. Therefore, wisdom was brought forth as an agent of creation. This concludes our essay for this week. Next Wisdom Wednesday, we will continue with the New Testament as we look at Dr. Heiser's next essay titled, Baptism as Spiritual Warfare. I believe that you'll find this another interesting topic as we build our biblical worldview. Tomorrow, we will continue with our three-minute humor nugget that will provide you with a bit of cheer, which will help you to lighten up and live a rich and satisfying life. So encourage your friends and family to join us and then come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek creating a legacy. If you'd like to listen to in the past 1,060 treks or read the wisdom journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. I encourage you to subscribe to Wisdom Trek on your favorite podcast player so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal each day. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward. Enjoy your journey. And then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.